Welcome to another episode of the Teen Angle Podcast. I'm your host, Agam Roop. And before we get started, I wanted to give you guys a little announcement that just last week we released our brand new website at www.teenangle.org and we released a new blog basically um, addressing diversity. Um, it's actually called Diversity in its Least Address Form. And so we also have positions available. So if you're interested in joining the team, um, you can always apply there. And yeah, let's get right into this new episode. I'm here today with the founder of Resonate Music, Lena Alum. Hi, so my name is Lena. I'm a senior at Glastonbury High School in Connecticut, and I run Resonate Music. And so how did you get into music and like playing instruments? Um, so I actually started in second grade. I, I was so obsessed with playing an instrument that um, I actually picked up the violin because they wouldn't let me into band in second grade. Mm-hmm. So I picked up the violin for a year. Uh, but finally in third grade, they let me play the clarinet. And it was actually a really funny story why I chose the clarinet. I chose it because it was... It had the most buttons, I think. <laughs> I actually, in fifth grade, I started with the violin and I went into uh, playing the clarinet in the sixth grade. So I think that's so cool. Um, and so you started Resonate Music and could you tell us a little bit about that? So Resonate is a nonprofit organization. It is registered 501c3 nonprofit, which means it is um, doesn't it doesn't take extra tax when you give donations. Um, it is an organization meant to give free lessons to underprivileged kids. A lot of kids in like, you know, generally sometimes inner cities, um, that's mainly where we focus our efforts, uh, because in those areas, there's a lot of underfunded schools who don't have a lot of, um, you know, very high funded music programs. A lot of programs have to be cut as well. Mm -hmm. So that's a main struggle for a lot of kids who have the passion and do want to pursue music, but they can't because they're not financially able or they don't have the opportunities. So what Resonate aims to do is give those kinds of musical opportunities to those kids. Interesting. And I like how um, I've noticed with others, like types of um, tutoring services or lessons and how people are starting to realize that not everyone can afford things that a lot of people in like the suburbs can. Um, I personally live in a suburb, so I do have access to more things, but I've also lived in places where not everyone had the opportunity to get like math tutors or even music lessons. And so I wanted to ask, like, how do you guys um, basically put your services into um, underfunded areas? So we are completely online. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It was definitely... Um, a struggle kind of to figure out how this whole thing would work online. But because of the pandemic, we realized that it was possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone around um, the world really was doing it. And Mm -hmm. we kind of figured that, you know, if everyone can do it, we can definitely do it. My lessons have also been put on Zoom. Um, I do take private lessons at um, a nearby music school and they went completely on Zoom and it's pretty successful. So we figured we could do somewhat of a similar thing and it would also help um, a lot of places, a lot of kids in different places around the country access this as um, our 
volunteers are obviously not able to go everywhere. Right. Yeah. So if they're online, you know, someone in California could take a lesson from somewhere in Michigan. That's so cool. Um, and I like how you took the pandemic and took advantage of that really because everything is online, like from school to like extracurriculars and all. And so um, what kind of like lessons do you give? Is it every instrument? Um, is there certain instruments you guys focus on? We're definitely open to um, any instrument. We do teach instruments um, in orchestra, band, and we also teach voice as well. So um, all of the musical areas. We even have a fiddle teacher. I think um, it's mainly dependent on what our volunteers play. So we do hire or we do recruit volunteers based on musical expertise. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a pretty rigorous application process for that oh, okay. um, to figure out, you know, if everyone is ready to teach. Mm -hmm. um, so depending on who gets through the application process and who um, can volunteer with us, depending on what hours they can do, um, it's all dependent on the instruments that they play and what they can teach. But we generally try to keep a wide range. That's good. Um, and going back a little bit to the disparities part, I wanted to ask that since you've taken this step to basically help eradicate um, like the price disparity, do you think there's more things that other people can do? Um, maybe even get involved with your um, organization or whatever like you think could help eradicate like a disparity in music? I think that of course, there is a huge racial disparity in music. And of course, that is partly because of different areas that certain um, groups reside in, certain areas that are generally populated by, you know, low income families, which are also mainly, you know, in a racial, racially different group. I want to make sure that everyone has an equal opportunity to follow their dreams in music as we go to kind of different competitions and music and auditions and you kind of look around and you see like there's a certain group at least in Connecticut that's mm -hmm. where I live it's a mainly predominantly white kind of system there's mm -hmm. a lot I go to a lot of auditions and I don't really see a lot of minority kids there and I I noticed that and I was I was kind of shocked but I understood that a lot of people that live in underfunded areas do not have the means to go and um, kind of prepare for these auditions. And I kind of, I wanted to close that gap. That's um, a good thing you brought up because for me, I mean, I haven't had that much experience in music. Like for me, it was just like band throughout middle school. But yeah, there's definitely something that you can see that there's like one type of group that excels and there's not a lot of diversity in that group. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think a lot of people don't realize that. And um, now shifting more into like a mental health side of music, was there ever a time you found playing music as an outlet or um, like basically being able to let out your feelings in a way you couldn't talk about or explain? Yeah, so uh, this is a really weird thing that I used to do in middle school. Sometimes I used to just like sit down with my clarinet and literally not even have any music. I would just like play whatever I wanted. And sometimes it would sound absolutely awful. Sometimes I was like 
squeak and it would sound like a dying cat. <laughs> uh, but sometimes I came out with some really beautiful stuff and honestly, I'm kind of mad that I didn't write it down. Yeah. Um, it would help me a lot with kind of my stress and even, even preparing pieces that were for maybe auditions or school, even just playing that, kind of working through it in a very methodical manner, it has kind of a therapeutic effect, mm-hmm. um, which is really nice. But I think the other side of it is also sometimes a lot of musicians experience very severe burnout. I know I have experienced burnout a Mm -hmm. lot of times with my music. Sometimes I consider just shutting up my clarinet in a box and never, ever playing it again. Um, It was just so much work and I didn't mm-hmm. know if it was worth it because I felt like I wasn't improving and I felt like I just I wasn't getting anywhere and I was so mad at myself yeah I like I hated how I wasn't improving and I hated just being in the same room with my instrument I can, um, like yeah. I completely get that I actually wanted to ask you about that because I'm also a swimmer so being a swimmer I'm just like I, I mean, of course I love to swim, but there's time periods where I'm just like, I don't want to go to practice. I don't think, like, is it worth it? I have schoolwork to do. Like, is it worth the sacrifice? And I wanted to ask, like, how did you get out of that sort of place or mindset or, like, that burnout type of stage? I think it's good to take a break, definitely. Of course, you don't want to take too long of a break because then um, you don't want to let that kind of burnout affect your love of music. But I think it's definitely good to take a break, kind of take a step back and realize why you're doing this in the first place, what you could, what your future could look like and how much you love the instrument and why you started it in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like for me, I think the, I was like before COVID that was when like the biggest burnout like kind of started for me and COVID gave me that opportunity to like take the break um so I mean it kind of worked well for me with everything but at the same time there was like um you know you don't get to see your friends you're kind of isolated and I wanted to ask like how did COVID play like did it play um sort of a role in your music journey? It definitely took a huge impact. Um, A lot of the music that I partake in is a very ensemble focused Mm -hmm. uh, type of music. So I was in a quintet, which technically is not really an ensemble, but um, I do, I am in close proximity with other people. So clearly we could not do that anymore. Um, I was in my school ensemble. I was in an after school ensemble. Um, Right now I'm in GWE, which is Greater Hartford Youth Wind Ensemble at my nearby music school. There are a lot of ensemble-focused music-related activities. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we can't do that because right. you don't know like how safe it is. Me- uh, musical instruments, especially woodwinds, which we play, are very dangerous when you think about it. They're like aerosols. Like right. When you blow into it, air just like yeah. it goes out. And there's particles, and it's just a big, dangerous... like safety Mm -hmm. hazard mess and obviously we couldn't you know participate in a band in school Mm -hmm. Uh, we did a lot of online assignments and my quintet basically just disbanded we never really got to have our last concert and uh, a lot of my senior friends never got to do their senior concerto night and it was it was really disheartening it was really disheartening for Mm -hmm. 
a lot of people to kind of have their music high school experience end this way. And thankfully, I was not a senior at that time. And so, so how is it going now for you? Like, are you in, like, school? Um, are you guys still playing, like, online? Or, like, how is that working? So I think we've definitely acclimated to the kind of system we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, at my school, we're doing a hybrid type of thing. So a half of the alphabet goes on Mondays and Thursdays, and then the other half goes on Tuesdays and Fridays. And then Wednesday is all e-learning. So half of the band is always playing online, which is, um, it can be a struggle, mm-hmm. especially since a lot of people um, kind of just turn off their cameras and do whatever. Yeah. And the experience is very different. We're 12 feet apart and we have um, like these weird masks with like zippers on them <laughs> where we like... <laughs> it like just feels really weird to have to play with all this like PPE and mm-hmm. you know band is such a it's such a social like a, like class and it's such a social mm-hmm. activity where I made a lot of my friends in band like I met some of the closest friends I have I created so many relationships and you know it was basically my social life Um, And that kind of got a little torn apart when COVID hit just because of Mm -hmm. all the social distancing and we can't, you know, play together as a full ensemble. Right. And I think that's something not a lot of people think about because normally when we think about band, you're like, oh, you could play by yourself. Like, but there is that social aspect to it that I think goes unnoticed a lot of the time. And it's like mainly noticeable to the people who are playing, but everyone else just like, um, sort of underscores it or um, yeah because when we think about sports like football is getting a lot of attention with COVID and um, sports like hockey and stuff but people aren't talking about the stuff like that um, other people are playing like that's not mainstream um, and I think band is one of them definitely and so do you have anything that really stood out from your music journey that you think Um, was sort of the thing that kept you going through all these years because since you said that you started in second grade so being a senior that's like 10 years that's amazing so what was like something that really stood out to you um so there was a a, about a year where I just did not play the clarinet due to I I did move across the world I guess uh, it was just a different country and a different music program. I went from playing a clarinet to a recorder, and Whoa. <laughs> it was just—it was crazy. Um, but I think the thing that kept me going was just knowing how much I loved the instrument and what I could create with, you know, this instrument, and mm-hmm. you know how I could impact people by like just you know playing a couple notes, like people would change i mean their whole demeanor would completely change and i love what music could do and what music could bring to the lives of everyone involved right and where did you move from like different countries and stuff um so i was born and raised in the u.s Mm -hmm. um of course i moved a bunch of times inside the u.s it's my dad's job is um an engineer so he just moves around (laughs) um 
a lot and we moved with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest move, obviously, which I'm talking about is where we moved from North Carolina in the U.S. to Doha, Qatar in the Middle East. Oh my gosh. So you got really like a wide range of experiences with like a lot of different people, I'm assuming. Yeah, Doha is a very multicultural place. There's a lot, it's a big hub for just basically like almost every culture in the world. My school was um, the American school of Doha, but it was Mm -hmm. basically an international school. Like there were you know, 75 different nationalities. And wow. we had like international week where we really celebrated like every single um, different culture that our school had. And mm. it was a really cool experience to kind of be there. Yeah, I bet. And did music sort of play a big part there as well as like it did in your life in other places, like in the US? So that's actually an important uh, part in my music journey where there was a big disconnect between how I was learning music and how I was growing in um, Doha and how Mm. I felt when I moved back here. Um, In Doha, we were doing um, instruments and we had a program and it was well-funded because it was a private school. Um, But I feel like I it wasn't exactly the same as the rigor that a lot of American high schools and middle schools kind of put their music kids through. Of course, um, we had a lot of great opportunities. We played at events across, you know, the city and it was really fun meeting all those people who had, you know, different musical experiences from like everywhere in the world. Uh, but definitely when I came back here, it was a big, like, almost slap in the face because Mm -hmm. everyone was talking about like Eastern regionals and like all state repertoire. And I was like, what is going on? I was so confused. It was a big jump in the rigor of um, the curriculum. Oh, wow. That's not some, like when I think about music, cause I've had a really short experience and I remember going from sixth grade to seventh grade and eighth grade and you could see the rigor going up, but I didn't realize that there would be such a big difference between countries. Cause like, I feel like music's one of those languages that's kind of like universal. Like you're not going to see a dialect difference, but you'll see like, um, like something you could play here. Someone could understand in a different country. And do you think that kind of brings unity to people um, in all the different places that you've been? Yeah, I definitely think so. That was uh, one of the big, uh, one of the big messages that our band in my old school tried to convey. They mm-hmm. knew that there were people from you know different countries and uh, different experiences, different backgrounds. They knew what they had, and they really wanted to embrace that. And our school anthem was this song called like sing and it basically just celebrated all of the um, different nationalities across the world and how we were all united by song i love that that sounds so like unifying and i think it's also really inspiring to everyone else and i think like that could be a message that sending out to sort of the world in that we're not alone in one the pandemic and two just finding a connection even within music is just really important and to get into sort of like fun questions i wanted to ask what is your favorite instrument to play the triangle okay and what about like <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 
Um, what's your favorite instrument to listen to? Uh, oh my God, it's such a, it's so hard because <laughs> I, I just, I love listening to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, either solo clarinet or solo violin. Okay. And what's your favorite genre of music? Uh, I would say classical. <laughs> I'm so basic. But... <laughs> and what's your favorite musician or artist? Um, currently, I am obsessed with a clarinet player called Nicholas Baldeiru, mm-hmm. uh, but my favorite composer is Saint Songs. Nice. And last one, what's your favorite piece to either play or listen to or both? Um, this is actually a piece that I prepared for Allstate last year and it's called Adagio Tarantella. I think it was very it was a very difficult piece to play and it was really chaotic at times learning it but I really like the piece and listening to it. And so do you have a message or something you want to say to kind of close um, today's episode? Um, I think to all the musicians out there just remember like you're not alone and No matter how you may feel at different points in your journey, just know that everything is worth it and just trust the process and you will get better. Just, you know, maybe take a deep breath, remember what you're doing and why you're doing it and just keep going. You got this. I love that. And so everyone check out Resonate Music and tell everyone you know who loves to play music about it or wants to learn more about music and where can they find you? So we are at the domain www.resonatemusic.org. We are also on Instagram at Resonate Lessons. And um, you can also apply through our website. We have an application. We also have a donate button and a GoFundMe. Nice. Hey, thank you for being here and giving us so much insight on so many different things regarding music and love talking to you. You too. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Teen Angle Podcast. If you learned something new or gained some new insight, remember to leave a review or rating down below. Also, you can check us out on our Instagram at teen.angle or our website www.teenangle.org. Thank you and see you next time.